Hello, and welcome to Branching Path Podcast. This is episode seven. I am your host, Kyle, and I'm joined by my fellow host, John. John, I've got some some news here. It's rumors, by the looks of it, uh, that you donated a million dollars to some new groundbreaking uh, research going into penis reduction surgery. Uh, did you want to comment on that story at all? Uh, I'll, I'll comment more if I when it, like if it works. This is experimental. Okay, oh, but it's fair to say you've put the money forward. Yeah, yeah, I have. A we can we can print that. And I yes, and I wanted to put it towards this and nothing else. Okay, okay, yeah. I'll make sure that. Okay, yeah. So you guys can you can run with the headline, guys. Yeah, he's confirmed it. Okay, good. Yeah, very good. Well, John, how are you today? Uh, you know, it's it's huge. Uh, I'm waiting for a reduction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very unhappy right now with the size. <laughs> Christ, <laughs> I'm good. How are you? <laughs> uh, John, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, for the podcast today, we, we kind of have you know a general idea of maybe a, a theme we want to hit on, but I think we're gonna probably just end up talking a fair bit about a couple games we've been playing a bit more deeply today because we've both got well, I've got lots of things anyways. I know I want to say about a couple games in particular. Uh, John, why don't you start us off today and, and, and chat about what you've been playing the last couple weeks? Sure. Um, most recently is God of War from 2018 and Resident Evil 2. Um, now I'll talk a little bit about my thoughts there. I didn't finish either of them. Resident Evil 2, I've barely started. Um, God of War, I was very close to the end, according to you, and I asked Jake also. Um, and both of you said I was I was pretty close to finishing it there. Was uh, was Jake a fan of that game? Oh, yeah, he loves it. Okay. He's very excited for Ragnarok. Um, so my main thoughts on it were I really liked the combat. I had a good time with that. Um I, the attention to detail and the graphics and stuff is it just blew my mind. I'm kind of amazed that's a PS4 game. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, it's a good example. I think of like pushing the hardware, right? Like those end of end of hardware games that are like, how how does this look this good? I, I would love to see the texture files for that because they're they're amazing. <laughs> maybe mm. maybe they just used a bunch of mega scans. <laughs> um, yeah, really impressed with that. It looks fucking fantastic. Um, my, my main thought as I was going through it was I thought Balder was a really weak enemy because you see him like three times. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so, so most of the game is supposed to be about the journey and, and, um, and Kratos and Atreus, I guess, learning about each other. But, and, you know, for the most part, that was fine. But Balder as an antagonist was like really weak to me. Um, Fair enough. Um. I thought we learned almost nothing about Faye, Atreus's mother. Um, as I understand it, from what Jake said, you learn a lot more like toward the end, like right at the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> and so I was as playing through the whole game. I was I was bothered like like we just we don't get any info about that. And then yeah, Jay mentioned like yeah, if you finish, you'll get a shitload more. And I was like, well, I'm not really feeling compelled to finish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and my, the rain, one reason that bothers me is, um, you know, she's she's the driving force of the whole game, right? She in the beginning of the game she marks those trees, or she, she's dead already, but she had marked those trees that serve as some kind of barrier to protect the cabin, right? Um, and right. she marked them for her funeral pyre, knowing that cutting them down would um, uh, expose Atreus and Kratos, and they'd be forced to move on and, and grow and all that. And, and right. from from what I understand about her and the the whole, uh, the giants are called the Jotun, I think. 
um, yep. and the abilities they have. Like she's like seen a lot of this already, or new or new events like this would play out this way. I thought that was cool, um, but yeah, I really want to. I might finish just so I can answer these fucking questions in my mind. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't feel really compelled to to continue on. But yeah, she's like the driving force behind all of this, but you don't know a lot about her. Um, I would have yeah. liked the delivery of that to be better. Um, mm. Or maybe spaced out more throughout the game, because it's a decent length game. It Especially, is. It actually, if you do side content, it can, it can in my opinion, it can yeah. actually drag a little bit if you do too much side stuff in God of War 2018. Yeah, and I was doing pretty much all of it. Like, I went out of my way for a lot of this stuff. Um, mm mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't like the RPG light growth system they had going on. I thought that was kind yeah. of kind of um, vague, and just I wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, it is kind of fun to go kill something like four levels higher than you, but it, I don't know. I thought it was kind of lame. Um, there's a moment, and spoilers for anybody listening, there's a moment where um, Atreus finds out he's a god from Kratos, and... Throughout the whole game, he's basically been worshipping his mother, right? Like, I mean, it's not even the right word, but it, it, it's clear he is a kind kid. He's learned from his mother to you know respect life and all this stuff. He's a very smart kid. Um, and when he finds out he's a god, he does this 180 where he very quickly becomes very dismissive of, quote-unquote, the little people problems, as he says to Sindri, uh, and, and, like, very quickly dismisses his mother as not a god, right? To me, that came out of nowhere and made no sense. <laughs> like, that kind of change could be interesting if that were, like, uh, expanded on. Like, slowly he becomes like this after maybe testing his abilities and getting a real, like, feel for the power he's got access to. But it happens, like, immediately. And it happens that way so that um, so I stopped playing when I got to Helheim the second time, and by then Kratos had already like admonished him, and he's starting to like regret what he said and all that stuff, right? So it's it's like such a, a non thing that it feels out of place. Um, maybe if I finish, it goes more than that or further than that. Maybe in Ragnarok it'll be expanded on. I'm not sure, but it felt like out of place to me. Hmm. I, I, we talked about this a bit. I remember when it happened when I was playing the game. I didn't really think a whole lot of it. They, they kind of explained part of it that Atreus is kind of having this, you know, battle internally over his identity. Mm-hmm. I, I think that I think that I was more sold on the idea that his whole life he's kind of had a bit of a a confusion as to one who who Kratos is exactly. Like he, I think he has always known there's more to his father than just, you know, he's dad. I think sure. he's always had a sense that there's something kind of interesting there. Um, so when he found out that his god was a dad, I, I was just, I don't you know, I kind of bought the whole, internally he, he's having this kind of, like, sickness almost in this 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 battle um, between his kind of two halves and, and one that he's never really explored before. I don't know, and, and his whole life, again, he's, one, he's also a kid, right? He's, he's, he's really young in the game. He's probably 10. Mm-hmm. Um, kids are dumb. Like kids are fickle. Kids, kids are less sure of of who they are. I think, um, and I've seen. I don't know. My mom babysat for a long time, so I've seen kids on a dime do something like that. If an adult did it, you'd be like, "Wow, that was evil." <laughs> um, where otherwise they're they're a totally sweet kid. So I think sometimes kids just like push boundaries that they haven't pushed before, just to see what their reaction to that is. 
Um, I, so to I, me, my I argument there would be is he's not portrayed that way. He's what do you he's, mean? Per, he's portrayed as being like really intelligent beyond his years, uh, with what he's grown up and learned and his access to language and all that stuff. My, my point is he's not portrayed as as a, a kid, the kind of kid you're describing, um, uh, ex- except know. for I, this I, one I, moment. Yeah, I, I didn't think that he felt like overly wise for his age per se. Like he's definitely more mature than the average kid. I, I definitely give him that. Um, but anyhow, I, I can I can appreciate where you're coming from that way. I, mm-hmm. I haven't played it recently, but I remember when I played it initially, it, did, it didn't bother me. Right. Um, what was I going to say? The Balder thing too. I agree. He's not a particularly interesting antagonist. I also wasn't really bothered by that because to me, when I was playing God of War 2018. I wasn't, I don't know, obviously a, a good antagonist is an important thing, right? You, you need some, some good conflict. But for me, the conflict was just more born out of Kratos and his son Atreus kind of surviving in this world that's very hostile to them, right? Because it's a pantheon of gods where he doesn't belong, so of course it's going to be hostile to him. Sure. Baldur was just kind of an extension of that, but in my mind, he was never really meant to be like the primary thing getting in their way i I don't know i never i I was always like oh he's balder he's not even an interesting norse god from my perspective knowing what little i did about him so i was like i'm sure i don't know i just i never had high expectations for him i guess so maybe it was just maybe it was a me not not putting enough um it's definitely more of like a man versus world story um Mm -hmm. which you know I'm, i'm i'm fine with i think they did that pretty well um but there, as far as antagonists go, there aren't really any interesting ones. Um, Balder, very boring. There's those two other dudes. They I can't remember their their names, but they're yeah, like, yeah, the ones that you beat the fuck out of. Yeah, yeah that the two brothers. Um, Do you kill them? I forget if you kill them or not. Kratos kills one during the first battle, and then the second, the brother shows up weakened after getting his his ass beat by Thor. I think. For, for like losing the first time, yeah, uh, and Atreus just just murders him. He stabs him in the neck. Um, and I, like again, part of like the Atre- Atreus early on uh, struggled to kill that one Reaver. Like it was a it was a yeah. big event for him, right? It was a real like yeah, like for one, I'm capable of this, and two, this is what you have to do to survive. Sometimes um, I think that was that was like really well done and and handled really well, uh, and then the. I'm a god, so suddenly it means nothing to me. <laughs> Again, right. it's one of those, like, it felt kind of rushed to me. Uh, and like I was saying earlier, I'm fine with something like that. I just, I feel like they, they ramped up to it too quickly. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, there's a cool there's a cool thing at the end of the game. There's, like, a little post-credits thing that I won't spoil. But I don't know. I think in, in the grand scheme of God of War 2018, I always viewed it as this really good opener to what was going to then become a, a really strong finale so i was like okay i'm fine that we're gonna see our really you know our real antagonists our kind of more character driven antagonists in part two of this sure um and this was really just a, a really long <laughs> setup but i thought a strong setup for for kind of a really really potent part two um but i i agree on its own like it, it definitely has some shortcomings I definitely agree Baldur's not a particularly memorable antagonist. I don't remember much about him at all, to be frank with you, aside from punching him in the face a lot at the start of the game <laughs> um, and then punching him in the face a lot at the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much all he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a punching bag, yeah. I mean, really, um, really he serves to be um, uh, like a sore spot for Freya, who is more much more yes. of a character than he is, right? 
Yes, I did. I did like. I liked that you coming into conflict with him changed your relationship with Freya, who otherwise was very you know helpful and positive towards you. But um, have you finished with Balder in that game? No, uh, I talked to Jake a bit about it, so I, I know where some of these things are going. Um, there are okay. there are more questions I have, like. I don't know much about Faye, so that's definitely something I'd like to get answers to. But I know what happens to Balder. Um, so I, again, he's 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 such a nothing because he's dead. <laughs> right. Yeah. Punch, yeah. Punch, I mean, punch, punch, eighteen hours yeah. of game. Punch. 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 Death. <laughs> right. The 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 cool thing there though for me was watching uh, Freya's meltdown to that that event, and how it kind of galvanizes her against you. Um, you know, I just thought that was a cool story about a mother. Oh, I'll have to. Son. I'll have to see that because, yeah, like the acting is fantastic. The Freya actress and whatnot. There, I mean, they're all good. Yeah, they're um, all good. Yeah. I, yeah, I'll have to force myself to finish that and get some of that context because yeah. you're so close. It, it's tough. I get it. Not wanting to push through just because you, you know you just want to finish. It's a bad. I was waiting for it to end. I'm in Helheim the second time. I, I, I part of it is like the world itself. I, I like and dislike. Uh, I, I really think the level designers are clever as hell to make um, the. Uh, I, 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 what am I trying to say? An environment dynamic enough that it like feels really natural when the um, the water is lowered and these new yeah, areas yeah. are revealed. Like mm-hmm. to make that hub um, that that small area that diverse. I guess is the. Way. It's not quite the word I'm looking for, but. I, I'll just stick with that for now. But at the same time, I'm really bored of the boat, and I'm really bored of that fucking hub. <laughs> sure. Um, I am so tired of the boat in this game. The only the only thing that redeems it is when Mimir is talking or Kratos tries to tell a story. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's definitely what I appreciated about the boat most. It was any time Mimir opened his mouth, I was like, yes! Fuck yes! <laughs> uh, yeah, I like yeah, Mimir a lot. He's a great character. He's awesome. Yeah, he's a he's a great character. I, it was it was funny listening to Corey Barlog talk about the whole the the journey of how Mimir was going to be in the game because uh, initially he was going to be like basically just kept in a sack and covered and only brought out a couple times for you know when they needed information or something. Mm-hmm. And then he had the idea of of Mimir just hanging off your belt, open to the air, and able to talk whenever he wanted to. Uh, but he knew, based on their kind of initial conversations, that that was going to get a lot of pushback. So he said he kept peppering it throughout their meetings as like this funny idea he had, uh, until it was like familiar enough, and they heard about it enough that eventually he was like, "Okay, and by the way, guys, uh, Mamir's just going to be on the belt, uh, talking all the time." <laughs> and, <laughs> and they were just like, "Oh, okay, I guess, all right." <laughs> and, and he's like, "If I had just said that off the hop, they would have said no. Like everybody would have said you're ridiculous. That's a bad idea." That's so, funny. Yeah. It's interesting, it's interesting that, to learn the behind-the-scenes stuff. Like, because oh, if that, the, the, that didn't happen, we would have lost a great element of this game, right? Absolutely, yeah. And, and it's it's such a small decision in the grand scheme of things, right? But but um, adds so much, yeah. Adds so much, yeah. That that documentary I recommended to you, the Raising Kratos, it's on YouTube, and it, I think it was done by PlayStation. Um, it's really great. It's it's also it doesn't pull punches at all. Like, there's a lot of frustration and anger and sadness throughout the whole thing like you just feel it from the team especially Corey, um especially the director um it also knowing that he's divorced from the wife that's in that documentary now also i just can't help but impart all these background emotions like knowing that he's struggling in his marriage throughout the whole thing anyways it, it's Damn. it's very 
it's un unflinching from the realities of like these crazy projects like of game design game dev right of triple a games especially probably i mean all game dev is fucking impossible but these triple a games like they're expected to do the impossible and they and they have to deliver on it like that's what the whole documentary is just these people delivering on these things that a month ago they were sure they could never possibly do um, it's great <laughs> i don't know i don't know how you can do that back to back to back and just stay in that industry full time but obviously seeing the end of it the end of the documentary shows the the release of god of war and it shows Corey reacting live to like the review scores coming out and he just breaks down and, and completely like weeps at his desk and you know then there's all this release and joy and and you can kind of see that the reward might be worth it in the end but imagine imagine working on that project for like you know five or six years like they did to then have it bomb oh god like i can i can see people ending their lives over that you know it's it's serious stuff yeah, I mean, yeah, you pour, and they AAA studios work so much fucking uh, crunch overtime, right? Yeah, crunch overtime for sure. Um, should be the name of the band. <laughs> I was just, I was just thinking of uh, Captain Crunch spinoff cereal, but yeah, <laughs> both good options. <laughs> Done in the style of that Czech cereal Doom clone. The what? Uh, I forget. I think it was Czech cereal, but Czech's Quest, I think, is it. It's a Doom clone where you're playing oh. as a cereal mascot. <laughs> I remember. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but, you know, that, that documentary sounds pretty great. We have to watch that. Yeah. Anyways, but but it doesn't it doesn't change anyways. Obviously, any of my opinions on the game, but yeah. and I'm sure it won't change any of yours. But it was really cool. It was a really cool look at game dev, and definitely worth a watch if you kind of enjoy looking behind the scenes. I always find it so fucking fascinating. It started with the cd that was packed in with lunar silver star Fuck story yes. on the playstation right i love it's a it's like I've a one hour so video dude it's so good it's probably on youtube i'm sure you can find it but um it's yeah, it's yeah. by it's like uh it's about working designs and and also game arts actually i think it shows both the japanese company who, who developed the game and then working designs who localized it i think you're right because um, they do they have an interview with the artist um uh I can't remember his name, but he's talking about how he was inspired by a trip to the dentist for Luna's scarf design. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, very cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. So I love those behind-the-scenes game devs, like documentary things. They're so fun. Mm-hmm. So um, Cool. Yeah, I, I hope you can see out God of War, John. I, I don't think that the ending is like so stellar. You're going to be like, wow, that really saved the whole thing for me. I'm overall way more positive. Mm-hmm. I just think that <sighs> I almost feel like you owe it to yourself. So that you can really finalize your opinions around the conclusion of the story, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm this far. I really need to just wrap it up. Um, yeah. the, the final point I'll say on this is just um, my like my main Kratos complaint is this man just needs to fucking say words. Like, I get that he's the quiet, badass, tragic figure with like the, the I mean, I've played the other God of Wars. The guy's been through some shit. But <laughs> if he just talked to his fucking kids some more... <laughs> like things would be, I don't, I don't know. There's, but what am I even trying to say? It feels unnatural when Atreus wants to know something and Kratos has no response. Like it's flat out, flat out silence. Yeah. There's, there's no like witty thing, like be quiet, boy, or whatever. He does that plenty too. But sometimes it's just he just says fucking nothing while his kid is grasping at straws to to relate to him on something or just get some part of the mystery solved for himself. Sure. Um, and he just sits there fucking 
stone faced. That that bothered me more and more as it went on. <laughs> um, and, I have a question. Is is it is it? I forget. Is it made clear that Kratos was gone for most of Atreus's life? Uh, not crystal clear. There is a mention that he was primarily raised by Faye because Kratos was okay. always off hunting. Like him being off hunting was like the main excuse they give for him not being around. Okay. Um, yeah, it's uh, it didn't seem. From what I recall, because it, well, it wasn't that long ago, it didn't seem crystal clear like that he wasn't involved at all. It, it's kind of like, I want to say, up in the air a little bit. I'd be interested to see. It'd be, I kind of hope God of War Ragnarok maybe gives us a little bit more of that Kratos Fey backstory. I don't know that they will. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling they're going to be really focused. Oh, actually, you know what? They probably won't because it's, it's also going to be a single camera, like no cuts uh, game. So they probably won't ever do a backflash or a flashback, really. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, I would I would be interested to see a bit more about the Kratos Fey relationship. I can also appreciate though that they're like, you know what? No, this is a story about Kratos and his son Atreus. Yeah. Um, everything else is flavor, and and you might enjoy some of that flavor, but we are not going to delve too deep into it because it's about these two characters first and foremost. But yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I I think it's a really solid game. There are parts of it that weren't grabbing me, um, and I, I do maybe because I decided to do as much side content as I could find. I'm I'm a little burnt out on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the, the difficulty with side content, man. Sometimes it ends, <laughs> yeah, <right>. up, <laughs> it ends up finishing it for you, right? You're like, okay, I've I've seen too much. I'm done. It, it felt like it was dragging on a bit, um, but anyway, yeah, I, I'll I'm try and force myself to to finish it there and, and at least wrap that up. Yeah. Um, aside from that, Resident Evil 2. Oh, sorry. I'm going to bring us back to that for one second. Have you seen sure. the pictures? Did I send you the picture of Thor, the, the, what he looks like in Ragnarok? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, no? Oh, look up, look it up right now. Do it. Do yourself a favor. Or I'll, No, fuck. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. Okay, you guys going to hear my typing. <laughs> you have a louder keyboard than I do. Type, 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 type. John needs to see what this guy looks like. Cause it's fucking awesome. <laughs> is it Fat Thor from Endgame? Yes, yes, it is. Here. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So uh, apparently, amazing. in like the in the the actual like mythos, Thor is not this like you know super cut Chris Hemsworth style guy. He's he's this super big glutton. He's extremely indulgent, and he's this like you know hulking beast of a man, and this is kind of closer to that description. I quite like it. That does make more sense. Like mythology is not the same as the Marvel comic representation. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, yeah, exactly. It's always way messier and just fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I hope they do a good job of of making him this absolutely detestable motherfucker, though. I, I hope so. The the lore bits they are spread throughout the game and the way Mimir talks about him, he sounds like a real bag of dicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, so I sorry. One more thing I want to talk about. I love the the storytelling, like the world building in in God of War twenty eighteen. That was one of the things that really sold me on it. Was it was such a cool organic way to learn about um, you know some Norse mythology to begin with. With you know, yeah, of course, some grains of salt because it's all centered around their video game story, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just the whole discovering it kind of naturally as you explore, Mamir telling you stories. I just love that presentation of, of learning about the world. I, I really like when that's done well. That delivery style was really nice. It, it was just it was pleasant to have Mamir tell a story. 
always always it made the boat riding uh, tolerable as you said so yeah yeah I, I, yeah i'm looking forward to to uh trying ragnarok regardless of of my final thoughts on this i'll definitely give it a shot yeah cool all right anyway um, sorry moving on uh so resident evil 2 uh really like the atmosphere in that um i've seen some videos on this i already knew i would like that part the gore detail is fucking insane. These artists must have goddamn PTSD researching this shit. Yeah, you you said it was bad. Yeah. It is graphic. Like the zombie whose jaws like hanging off his face, and there's one guy who gets uh, uh, cut in half right at the start of the game, pretty much. Um, and you just see his intestines spill out in like too much detail it was gross <laughs> like the more realistic they get the more they have to show that shit and they don't try yeah. away it's fucking nasty um damn yeah like I, you know i'm not super sensitive to to gore i watch horror and i play horror all the time so it, it doesn't bother me but this was like ooh, that's hard to look at <laughs> um yeah that's crazy shit. i can't imagine just if that was your job to like go to the office every day or i guess with and just paint like yeah model that fucking terrifying gore the whole time oh to research it like when are you looking at like surgery videos and shit like because you have to know what what we look like inside right and it's fucking gross i i think (laughs) i mean artists knowing as much anatomy as they do probably helps quite a bit too right like just just Mm, knowing what muscles are where and then just covering them in a thick layer of shiny blood would probably get the trick done yeah, yeah, uh, that's just, that's definitely true. And these guys, it's Capcom, they clearly know their shit. But you're you're probably not wrong that there's some next level disgusting research that goes into it too. Well, I remember what was it that I was watching? Um, I can't recall exactly what it was, but there was uh, talk about one of the Mortal Kombat games, one of the modern ones, and the fatalities and how graphic mm-hmm. they get. Yeah, uh, the artists like had some. I, I believe company provided therapy uh, that wow. they they wanted after for all the shit they had to look at to make that happen. That's pretty brutal. Yeah, that's fucked up. Like, I mean, you're looking yeah. at graphic <laughs> graphic shit every day for who knows how long to make that stuff happen. Um, yeah, yeah, I, it's gotta it's gotta affect you a little bit. It was yeah, yeah, anyway, no, it was that, interesting to see. It, I didn't. Yeah, I hadn't heard that that therapy thing. That's that's less than ideal. Hopefully, as a general rule, you don't have to put your artists through that much torture just to make a a realistic horror game. Yeah, it's a little it's a little fucked. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the gore's the next level is crazy shit. Um, I, I was I haven't played since this because it, it it turned me off quite a bit. But the the main complaint I have is the zombies are insanely spongy. Um, I'm playing on normal difficulty and there's this one zombie that took eight headshots and several knife slashes to kill. This is just a regular, like not a boss zombie or a powered up zombie at all. Just a regular zombie. I did some reading on it and I I think there are some zombies who count as, I mean, they're just, you just encounter them. There's there's no event or anything, but they might have almost like a bit of a mini boss status. Um, but it, regardless, it annoyed me because it, it just, how do I even explain it? Like, I, I, the design, the decision to make them spongy is it's supposed to be a difficult choice to spend your ammo, right? This is survival horror, yeah. resources are limited, inventory is limited. I'm only going to discharge my gun if there's someone I just can't get away from, right? 
mm-hmm. but they didn't they didn't have to make it that spongy. You could have cut the ammo you provided me in half and also made it so it doesn't take eight shots to the head to take this guy down, right? Yeah. Um, because they, they demonstrate in this game world that destroying the brain kills a zombie. Like, if you get lucky with a critical shot, the head explodes, they're, they're, they're done. They're dead for good. They demonstrate with corpses in the world that have destroyed heads already, so you can kind of see, like, okay, you destroy the head, whatever. I'm, I'm sorry, but eight shots to the head, you wouldn't have a head anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just not. I, I'm pretty sure he died, and I with with all those eight shots, I didn't even get a head explosion. Um, right. It, it just it took me out. It was like it's so fucking tedious. Like, I would rather you cut my resources in half and also make this feel less ridiculous. Um, that yeah, that that seems kind of like a relic of the original Resident Evil Two, where where when you move to this like, you know, proper over the shoulder third-person action game i just wouldn't expect that as much yeah yeah exactly um sorry one sec i'm responding to this message to say we're recording wow is it david (laughs) is it fucking david right now no it's jake (laughs) oh he fucking knows too fuck that guy (laughs) and sometimes i think i'm i think i'm him too fuck that guy (laughs) but yeah um I, I, don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if it's a. I don't have a lot of experience with Resident Evil, Resident Evil Two, like on the PS One. Um, like I, I have fond memories of Classic RE, the first one, but uh, I'm not even sure I played Resident Evil Two when that came out back in the day. Uh, so yeah, I can't really say if it's a, a holdover from that. But yeah, like Resident Evil in general, it's it, you're supposed to avoid them when you can, and like, you only use your gun when you absolutely have to, kind of thing. Because you that's that's not really my memory of, of like the Resident Evil I've played. I, I never felt like I was punished for engaging with the enemy, per se. Uh, if I recall, because I haven't played Classic RE in so long, I, I'm pretty sure you can reach a point where it's unwinnable because there are mm. no bullet, bullets left to find and you wow blowing everything up, right? <laughs> that's dumb. I don't like um, that. Well, I say unwinnable, but like I guess if you dodge everything because you know they're timing, right. you'd you, probably still be fine, but... Yeah, you raise the difficulty for yourself immensely, though. Yeah, maybe you won't have the ammo to take out a boss or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm. I, t- today, I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, the like one, one of my favorite horror games is Dead Space, and there's no shortage of ammo there. And I also find that game fucking terrifying. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not getting horror from the inventory limits and stuff. The, to me, those are tedious. Um, I'm getting right. horror from the atmosphere and, you know, if you've made it clear that my character is vulnerable in some way. Like, this is, this is a world also where getting bitten doesn't mean you immediately turn. Um, right. Because the, immediately in Leon's campaign, anyway, he gets bitten in the neck. Oh. Like, like the fucking neck. He'd be, he'd be gone. <laughs> but it doesn't matter here because either, either plot armor or, I'm actually unclear on this, maybe in RE it's like... If you're bitten and you die, then you turn, but being bitten is not enough on its own. I'm not sure. Okay, I see. Um, but, but anyway, um, yeah, the, the tedious of killing that guy, tediousness of killing that guy just didn't do it for me, and I, I took a break from it for a bit. Um, do you think you'll try and head back to it or what? Yeah, for sure. I was enjoying it. I thought the atmosphere was really great. Um, I, I had some legitimate scares there. Um, and I, I had the shotgun 
and if you use if you if you really need to take something out, you can just use a shotgun shell, and the thing is pretty much dead right away. Mm, okay. Uh, it just yeah it bothered me. It's it's eight shots. Your 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 head would be paced. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, what was that? else was I going to say? Uh, I, I was also feeling the inventory limit like right away because there's there's a lot of stuff to pick up, and it is. It's tedious. This is just part of Resident Evil, but to, to date, this it feels tedious to me. Oh, you, you're not enjoying the whole little like suitcase weapon inventory management stuff. I don't care for it. Um, when uh, classic RE, I, I well, I mean, it's been so long since I played that. I don't know if it bothered me when I was a kid, but today, anyway, it's it's it, it's not fun to me. It's just like yeah. Ugh, just, he's he's a cop. Can you find a backpack and just carry more shit? <laughs> I'm sure there's a dead body here with a backpack. Just take it. <laughs> so, so John's review for RE2, eight shots to the head. Are you kidding me? Find a fucking backpack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> find a fucking backpack. You know what? Take off your windbreaker and make a makeshift hobo satchel. <laughs> There's a name for those hobo satchels, and every time my girlfriend tells me, I laugh because it's funny, but I is forget it, every time, too. Is it Bindle? Bindle, yes, yeah, Bindle, thank Bindle, you. Yeah. It's Bindle, yes, thank you very much. That was very cathartic, thank you. Um, you. You talking about Resident Evil, for whatever reason, gave me the idea that we should just make a bunch of games that rhyme with famous popular game franchises. So for Resident <laughs> Evil... I think we should make something called Reticent Beagle. So it's about a dog that's fairly tentative and not really committed to the, the journey of the game. He's very reticent. So it's reticent raining beagle. outside and he needs to pee, but he just doesn't want to go out. <laughs> that's the whole game. Reticent Beagle. Just has to pee, but it's raining. Um, I, we'll have to come up with some other ones. Uh, Dead Space. I don't know. I don't know. Bread, Bread Face. Bread Face. Ooh. It could be a horror game still, too. Yeah. So... We'll just capitalize on the rhyme, and hopefully that sells enough units to, to make the next one. There we go. <laughs> so look forward to Reticent Beagle uh, <laughs> in a year's time. Uh, cool. And any other uh, games at all, John? Uh, that's it for me. Uh, there there are some minor ones. Like, I tried to play Titan Quest and was not having it. Just It ran what's, like shit. What's that one? It ran like shit on the PS4 also. Uh, that's um, a Diablo-like, but it's set in Greece. Oh, yes. Yes, Ancient yes, Greece. yes. Uh, yeah, I, I got bored of that almost immediately, and it controls like shit on the PlayStation. So. <laughs> Great. Um, that's pretty much it for me. What have you been playing? Okay, yeah, so I'm going to go on like a bitch here for a while. So <laughs> uh, I've, I've got two I really want to talk about. Well, actually three. I'll start with Kena since I just started Kena. That's a short one. Um, so it's it's Kena Bridge of Spirits, which is a PlayStation exclusive that came out uh, this month. I had my eye on it for a long time. It's made by a, a former animation studio. I'm sure they have other people on the team now who have done game dev historically because the game is way too good not to have some of those people. Uh, but I actually just started it today, just this morning. I played a couple hours, um, and I'm really positive on it so far. Uh, I'm going to kind of circle back to some of the storytelling uh, ideals, I'd say, with, with Kena, or Kena, sorry, um, and what I like about it, especially in contrast to something like Tales of Arise. Uh, but gameplay-wise, it's super solid. The game's fucking gorgeous to look at. Just this beautiful world. Now, the music so far has been pretty good. It's a lot less incidental and more kind of music I'm supposed to notice. And I'm liking some of the tunes there, so I hope there's more. Um, but yeah, I, overall, I'm really positive. I'm very fresh in it, so... I, I think it's probably too early for me to really make a recommendation, but I'm I'm expecting it's going to stay pretty good. And it's only, like I think, a 10-15 hour game, so I'd, I'd be surprised if it really 
uh, outstate its welcome. So, yeah, Kane Sweet. has been good so far. Going to play lots more of that. I'm sure I'll finish it. Um, let's get into... So I've, I've played two games quite a bit in the last couple of weeks. I'm going to save Outer Wilds for the end because I have a lot of positive things to say about it and I want to end on a positive note. Cool. Uh, let's start with Tales of Arise, which, of course, I talked a bit about last time. And I was pretty happy with it still at that point, but I, it finally broke me down and I don't ever want to look at it again. Um, this was my fear with the Tales series and, and new RPGs in general. When I bought Tales, I was like, shit, is this going to do the same thing? Is this the same thing going to happen that happened with my most recent playthrough of Vesperia? I'm just going to get sick of the, the anime writing because it's so paper thin and weak that it, it just there's not enough outside of that to carry the game for me. And, and it did happen. So I'm going to go into to detail here, but let, let's complain about the story for a minute. So like Persona 5, Tales of Arise is super bloated. There's way too much character dialogue, and it's meaningless character dialogue. It's it's just that drivel that's so unintelligible and pointless, and it's been reiterated four times already, but let's do it again <laughs> so that we can say we have an 80-hour RPG. Um, they just need to fucking say less. Um, yeah, I just, I just want to punch everybody every time they open their mouths. It's really frustrating. It's like they're um, terrified you'll forget like yeah i don't i don't know i'm not sure what drives these decisions in in modern rpgs these days if it's like if it's a padding the experience making it longer thing if they genuinely think i'll be charmed just because my anime waifu is talking again like and it doesn't matter (laughs) what she says as long as she's talking i'll be happy i or or like you said they're afraid that you are are a little bit unsure as to what's going on and they want to make it as crystal clear as possible i don't know if you, it's a combination you know what of those he, things. he probably went and, and explored one of the many incredible fantasy caves we have somewhere you know he probably killed a goblin and it took like 10 minutes out of his way let's remind him what's happening yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, he probably collected that tomato in the corner of that large <laughs> map over there which was a really underwhelming reward for him but never mind that uh, and it's been 15 minutes since he, he had a cutscene. Let's put four skits back to back talking about what just happened, okay? Um, anyways, you can obviously avoid the skits. Uh, it, in my opinion, that's still a negative, right? Like, if I'm avoiding content, if I don't want to hear your characters talk, like, that's a knock against you, right? So whether yeah. or not I interact with that stuff, it still is a huge negative in my opinion. Knowing. I knowing that there's all this content that was put there for me to enjoy and I actually actively avoid it because it fucking sucks. And that content is your characters, which are central to an RPG and any good story, especially like a, an ensemble cast. It's your characters talking and I can't stand it. So that's obviously a big problem. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just that that's probably my number one. The story itself is also just not very good. Like it's, it's not particularly interesting. Um, we talked a bit before the pod about this habit of of these jrpg writers to kind of give themselves these weird interesting almost challenges right so in this case they give themselves two right off the hop with alpha and your main character one he's an amnesiac which is a huge jrpg trope at this point but it is a it is a difficult thing to write well right so if you set up a character who's an amnesiac you have to make sure that that serves a greater purpose right that there's a a a reason for that that makes sense with your story and helps your story um, and that the way that you reveal that that you know who that character is is also done in a, a tactful, interesting way. So those are hard things to do. Um, so they've set themselves a, up for a challenge there. And then also, he can't feel pain, uh, which 
which is going to change his interaction with everything in the world and makes for an interesting challenge for him personally uh, that they're going to have to now struggle through writing natural seeming you know moments in this world that a person who can't feel pain would run into um the, the problem there is they never rise to these challenges i shouldn't say never they hardly ever rise to these challenges and it's it's john you described it like a boardroom thing where, where somebody threw out the idea that hey maybe the main character of our new tales game can't feel pain and someone was like yeah yeah i like that idea <laughs> yeah it, feel, it, it feels like it came up in in a you know, obviously they're going to have meetings to, to hash out these details, but it's like, from what you've told me, Elfin doesn't seem like a character so much as like a collection of, maybe this would be cool. Yeah, absolutely. That's totally what he feels like. Um, and then even in his relationship to the whole greater, like, themes of the game, which are basically slavery and breaking free from slavery. Right. Um, which like, is and what it means, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What it means to be a slave and what it means to be free and all that stuff. Like, one, he's also fundamentally mismatched to conveying that struggle because he only remembers the last year of his life. Whereas <laughs> the history of the true. world, the history of the world says for three hundred years your people have been slaves. Okay, you're gonna step into the shoes. So we just told you that, right? You have no emotional connection. That's just facts thrown at your face. You can't connect to that. There's nothing to connect to there. In your mind, you can say, yep, slavery is bad. I'm on the side of the slaves. I hope they can break out of this. But I have no no touch point for actually caring about the details of that struggle yet. True. So I hope you give me a character who has intimate ties to that history that I can connect with. Well, no. Instead, we're going to give you a man whose face you don't get to see for the first 10 hours of the game. <laughs> Which is also just fucking funny to me. I'm sorry. The, the Iron Mask thing is too fucking funny and weird. Anyways. Um, and he only has a year of memory so he's not even connected to the history of his own world because he remembers nothing but the last year of his life so he doesn't know who he is there's no kind of systemic discussion about slavery and how your people haven't had freedom for 300 years it's literally just you're thrown into this weird faceless guy's story who can't feel pain which is also a weird detail that's kind of just thrown at you without any particularly deft way of introducing that uh, and then within an hour, your slave camp is being freed by the rebels. Uh, congratulations, you beat the the lord of this realm, and now you've freed your people. Like it's just so soulless. It's soulless. There, there's nothing there. There's no way to feel anything. If you feel things for that first five hour like little arc of the game, kudos to you. You have like empathy is a superpower i don't know how you do it um because they've done nothing to foster any sort of feeling for any any, any of the events going on in this game we should also mention the the like super corny cliche thing i don't cliche is not the right word because i've never really seen this before but your your counterpart she the kind of female lead to the game every time she gets touched she causes immense pain to the person who touches her so oh I don't know if you remember, but your main character can't feel pain. Oh. Oh, oh my God. That's <laughs> the way you said that. It's fucking funny. Uh, so, yeah, like I, I said to you earlier, just hearing these broad stories, you, you can always take a reductivist approach to something and make it sound worse than it is. You can make I anything have a, sound stupid. If you you can. I, I have a habit of doing that with things that I haven't enjoyed, right? Like, And, and I think right. I'm going to, when we when we do our Final Fantasy VII podcast, I'm going to have to 
stop myself from doing that um, because it's easy to do, but it doesn't really do a, it's not a good critical look at something, right? Um, But the problem with with a lot of JRPGs is that they allow themselves to, to be analyzed in such a way because there really isn't anything more there. Even with context and details, I mean, as cheesy as it sounds that your main character can't feel pain and the girl character causes pain when she's touched, like there's that's it like that there's there's no sparker of cool storytelling there it's just a stupid anime weird gimmick um i will i will caveat here that of course i haven't gotten to the point in the game where it's revealed to me who alfen is why his memories were lost i don't frankly give a flying fuck i don't care (laughs) at all they could yeah i just don't care i don't care um the rest of the game could be this amazing story going forward, and I wouldn't give a fuck because they've they've squandered their opportunity with me. Um, how, how many hours have you put in? Uh, I think I'm 25 hours in. And there's just like no gravity to anything. I have no. I cannot care. I can't. No. Nope. That's nothing. That sucks. That really sucks. Yeah. It's also. I, I think they harm themselves by the structure of the of the presentation of the story, because it's very like anime arc style, where the first area. You go through, there's a rebel faction who has a name, I forget what they're called, uh, you meet their leader, you go overthrow the lord of that realm, okay? That's the end of arc one. Arc two, you're in the new region, there's a new lord, there's a new unique way in which the people of this realm are treated poorly, and, and how, their, how their slavery is the worst. So you meet this rebel faction, they have another new funny name. And then you go beat the lord of that realm. You've liberated them. Move on. It's so rote and by the numbers that like, yeah, there's just this huge disconnect between even sections of the game where like nothing ever carries forward. I never feel like I'm actually making any progress with these characters. I'm just going on to beat the next like bad guy who who never gets any development. By the way, these like these bosses, these lords of the realms, are so paper thin character wise. They suck. Like I just don't give a shit at all. It doesn't surprise me. And then the other thing, so so to get into some more details of, of story and why it doesn't work for me here is is NPCs for one. So these characters that populate this world, they always serve to remind you in the starkest terms what the plight of the people of that realm is and what you should know about the lord of that realm, basically. So as an example... Um, in the third area of the game, they have a little twist where the slaves are actually treated pretty well, and they're really happy with the lord of that realm because he doesn't really treat them like slaves. Um, so yay, they're happy, great. The Every NPC excuse me, you talk to in that area will just reiterate a version of, I'm so happy that we live here, isn't Master Dohalim the best? <laughs> Literally every NPC just says a variation of that. It's not fucking interesting, it's so tedious. And, and I've been watching, um, I mentioned this last time, I think, but I've been watching Epic Name Bro, a, a Twitch streamer I'm a big fan of, uh, play through Lunar Silver Star Story, one of my favorite games as a child. Um, and I think it holds up today. But one of the things that Working Designs, the translation team did, and maybe some of the original text is, is just this style as well, but they made the NPCs in that game feel like they have lives and concerns that don't relate to what's immediately happening to your main character in their quest. So often... You'll go talk to somebody in a random house and they'll just complain about their idiot child not getting the groceries or something, but with some witticisms and humor. And it's it's refreshing to have, one, a bit of levity, uh, but two, just somebody talking about something that isn't centered around your own character because it makes the world feel lived in and like there's more to it than just you and your party, right? 
Right. Um, so that, that's just another thing that does nothing to serve the overall story here. It's it's super, super disappointing. Um, the bloat I've kind of talked about already, it's, it's yeah, it, there's just too much of it. People are always talking, and it's never, ever interesting. Was there actually four skits in a row at some point? Oh, easily. Yeah, I often will have three or four skits pop up all at once. So I'll like hit R1, Jesus. view the skit. Oh, there's another one. Hit R1, view the skit. Like, it's bad. You can. That's too many. <laughs> you can, uh, you can like skip them and just go back to a campfire and watch them at your own leisure later on. Uh, but it's weirder then because you're seeing skits that are relating to out of context. context that right? ha- yeah, that happened an hour or two ago, right? So now it's even stranger because you're like, oh, well, we've already. We're long past this. Like, we wouldn't be talking about this like this still. It doesn't make any sense. You're, yeah, you're got, reacting as though this is new information. So, Even from the demo, I got the impression that the skits were going to be just really, I don't, know, I don't want to say mindless, but I kind of want to say mindless. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I think this has always been a problem with the Tales games. I don't think the skits have ever been particularly good. I don't think they've really ever added so much depth and character that they're actually worth your time. Um, so, and it's, it's definitely just worse in Tales of Arise because there's more of it. Just a lot of um, bloat. A lot of bloat. Uh, speaking of bloat, the side quests are totally shit. They're all go here, kill these enemies, or go here, get this item. Like, it's, it's awful. They suck so bad. Um, they're not worth very, talking about. Very they fetch just, questy. Very, it all fetch, like, no care went into it at all. Um, and speaking of killing monsters, the, the lack of variety in monsters is like astounding i'm kind of blown away at how few subtypes of monster there are and just how quickly you get into recolors and very slight redesigns um there are like five or six that you will see all the fucking time uh yeah and it's they also just don't look particularly interesting so so there's just no charm there at all none whatsoever uh, so that was disappointing. Um, and then, so combat, th- this was this is probably still the strongest aspect of this game. And the combat works really well, in my opinion, when you're fighting kind of just the regular fodder enemies. Um, because it's really snappy and quick. You can build up those, like, stagger gauges, kind of, which activate these really awesome finishing moves. Uh, one thing I like about the finishing moves is that it totally randomizes who's going to do them together. Uh, so it's always kind of a fun little surprise of whose sick little combo attack you're going to get to see. And they're all animated fucking excellently. They're super quick and snappy, and they just feel so good. Like, it's it's the best part of the game to me. Those little finisher moves uh, are awesome. They, they never get old. Where it becomes a problem, though, is when you start fighting bosses and, and these kind of larger monsters and stuff. Uh, they, they're really... The bosses are bad in this game for just being HP sponges. Like, they f- just feel way worse than the regular enemies, especially because you can never really stagger them. They hardly ever stagger... And the whole point of this, this the thing that the combat flow that I thought felt so good was finding your opening, staggering them, getting a long enough combo that you you know you have that, that requires some skill and input on your point that you can not let them go without taking a hit long enough that their stagger meter resets, and then pulling that off, your reward is that sick finisher move. Well, that all right. disappears for the boss fights, right? Because most of the time they can't be staggered. So one, it just feels bad. You're hitting this immovable object, which in an action game, I find always just feels very bad. Right? If I'm hitting something and it's not reacting to being hit at all, it's it's a weird feeling. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and then you just also, you basically get one of those cool finisher moves throughout the fight when they get to their halfway point, which does like a pittance of their of their health. It barely does anything. 
Um, yeah, the flow was just completely destroyed for me. And and I just found the bosses super cheap, and I just couldn't tell what was going on half the time. I find now, is, human. is this on normal oh. difficulty? Yeah, I, I was Sunday. playing on hard for a while because I found the fodder fights way too easy. And I liked that difficulty mode for the fodder fights. And then I got to the second Lord fight on hard mode. And I was like, I'm going to fucking turn this game off and never, ever touch it again if I keep trying this on hard. So I went down to normal mode. And to their credit, hard mode is more than just stat bloat. Although that's a huge part of it because I saw his HP drop immediately. Like his HP total was just way less now. Okay. Um, his his moveset also did change, though. He stopped doing this one particularly very fucking annoying move that I found impossible to, to get around. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, so credit to credit where it's due. They, they, there's some more to difficulty than just stat bloat. Uh, but in my opinion, like there just shouldn't be any stat bloat change there at all, right? If you're going to have the difficulty setting change his moveset, have that be the difficulty setting. Have that be the change, not both. Right. Um, anyways, so yeah, I ended up actually playing on story mode by the end of it because i was just so sick i was getting pretty sick of the game and then if i would get to a point of actually losing a boss fight that was like oh god i'm not like i'm not having so much fun that this is enjoyable to me to lose now so i have to just put it on story and see if i can power through and even on story mode i found the fight with the third lord who ends up being your your last party member uh like it took forever and i was like what the fuck even on story mode, this shit's tedious. So, yeah, that, that to me was a bad sign. Took forever, but felt very easily winnable. Even then, I actually... Yeah, it was easily winnable, but even then I kind of had to still really be careful with my with my like attacks and stuff, and I couldn't just go in guns blazing. I had Because they're, they're, you can't stun them, right? So right. This, is, this is where it starts to feel bad, too, is if you're in the middle of a combo and they hit you... Well, of course, you're stun- stunnable, so you get interrupted until the end of their combo. So you just control gets taken away from you until they're done beating the fuck out of you, and then you're like, "All right, great." You now can't to- interrupt. You can't interrupt their combo in any way. No, no. There's. I mean, maybe there's a skill later on, but 25 hours in, no. If I got caught in an attack, it was just, you know, watch watch yourself get beat up until their their combo's done. Um, and I mean, yeah. I, like that's probably just a reality of the action combat in that game, but. Sure. It felt really bad for the bosses, especially. Um, your healing you could, is also limited, right? Yeah, your healing is tied to this like central pool of, of, of resource, um, which I thought would be cool at first. Uh, I ended up just missing having MP for my healers and stuff by the end of it because that resource just inevitably gets drained immediately when you're fighting a boss, and then you're constantly just spamming orange gels, and, and it just keeps getting used. And now instead of just having to worry about one person's MP pool, I have to worry about the party's MP pool because now if multiple people can heal and use recovery arts, two people are completely limited. <laughs> Where before maybe just one was dedicated to healing and I had one that was a backup healer who'd have an MP pool they could use. Uh, um, can you still change party member AI so that you can have one guy be the, the focus? You, you can, yeah. You, you can have, you can you have can, it changed. Okay. So, yeah. but, but the problem now is you know, if, if my one person is the focused healer and they run out of resource... Well, automatically the other person is out of resource because they the share whole party is at her. Yeah, the whole party. Yeah, although for the most part, your your you know your your fighter characters, your your frontline characters aren't using any of that resource at all. Um, they okay. They don't have any MP of any sort really. They just get to go ham with their arts, which is good. That's um, kind of it's, it's kind of a slowly building meter that you kind of refill, just as the battle goes on, and, and you, you know you can't just spam arts all the time because then you'll have none of that meter, but it slowly recharges. And then there's things you can do to get some of that back too. So that system works well. I like I like that you're not 
waiting to have your MP come back to use your cool moves because it, you know, the, the Tails games are best when you're stringing together these sick combos of your, you know, three or four or five or six different arts back to back and pulling that off feels great. Right. So they do a good job there for the most part. Um, but the problem then is, of course, if you're fighting a boss who can't be staggered, you can't do those combos anymore. Because it is annoying on, when the when yeah. the bosses are exempt from mechanics. Yeah, well, it, they just they're they're a fundamentally different experience, and you have you just have to interact with them completely differently than you do the rest of the battling and the rest of the game. Right. Um, and it's not it's not a change that feels good. It's it just feels like you're losing a tool that you had before. So, um, yeah, that's uh, I think that's all I want to say on Tales of Arise. I, I guess I mean so it's like. It's also like an 80 to 100 hour game. I can't imagine sticking with it for even close to that long. Um, you and I are talking about some of our favorite RPGs. John, you mentioned like Mario RPG. Right. Um, that's like maybe a 20 to 30 hour game at most. Um, Chrono Trigger is another one that's like also 20 to 30 hours. You can beat that one actually pretty damn quick if you know what you're doing. Probably like 15, oh, yeah. 16. Um, Lunar, one of my favorites, is like a 30-35 hour game. Again, you could probably trim that down a bit if you just, you know, plowed forward. Uh, they're they're long. I mean, 30 hours is still a long time to, to interact with one story, right? That's yeah, like sure. the length That's the length of a the thousand page fantasy novel, right? Like, that's a big commitment. Um, I, I wish more RPGs would, would kind of, I think, I wish they would come up with a story that they were happy with and then build the game around that. And trim if it wasn't in service of the greater story. Or you had something you said about kind of padding your length with with like exploring mechanics and stuff. How did you put it? Yeah, like if if you want to expand the length of your game, and I, I want to tie this into a thought I just had, which I wonder if there's any data talking about the sales figures for like long and short RPGs. Like, hmm. are are they are they bloating these so much because it actually means better numbers for them? Or, like, is it hard to justify the full price of a game today if it's not, like, 70 fucking hours? Right. Um, I don't remember if FF7 Remake was anywhere near that long. I think it was more like 40, right? Yeah, it's it's 30 to 40 hours. And still sold gangbusters, I think, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, I guess, good. But, um, yeah, what I was saying before was if you really want to add length to your game like that like you don't have to make your story spread out over 80 bloated horrible hours like give me side dungeons and shit or or give me an, an epic post game uh after if, if i beat your story and your story jesus <laughs> your story <laughs> if i beat your story in uh, 30 to 40 hours and i'm really liking the world you've built for me and you give me post game content i will definitely check that out yeah, for sure. Well, give, yeah. Give sides, me dungeons sides. and optional lore, and I'll be all over that shit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, optional side content that's more than just do this side quest where you kill three monsters you've already killed a hundred times and mean nothing to you. Like that. That's right. I don't really. I barely even qualify that as side content at this point. Um, I've, yeah, I've like said a, before with FF fifteen, like when the first quest was that fucking oil can fetch quest, I was I was pissed. Like yeah. You had 10, 10 years, and this was full price. And my introduction <laughs> to your world is this kind of fucking tedious shit. Like, <laughs> I return that crap immediately. <laughs> that uh, that should uh, that should just be our rallying cry for FF15. You had 10 years. <laughs> you had 10 years. Yeah, I would love to see a documentary in this the the quality of this God of War one you're talking about. Uh, talking about the development of that game. 
Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I'd love, I'd love to see the Final Fantasy fifteen story. Oh my god, okay. there's probably like murder involved. <laughs> People probably died because <laughs> they ended up no like Morris, Black Knight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Tetsuya, he's killed for sure. You don't dress like that, not having killed before. He adds a zipper for every corpse. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, there's yeah, there's a conspiracy here for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stop harping on Tales of Arise. There, I, there's still so much positivity around this game, and lots of people who are really getting a lot of joy out of it. I, I, I think we should ask more from our JRPGs, and I hate to be that like you know, look back at the good old days, old fart. Like I hate that. I hate that in general, right? So I don't want to be that for video games. But there are so many better, older examples of of RPG stories that even have you know fun quirks and, and interesting plot devices that are done really really well and i don't know why we aren't able to capture that today and i really don't think it's just a nostalgia thing because you know i've gone back and played older games i hadn't played before that i was really chuffed with and, and impressed with and yeah well there's, there's stories all over the internet of people who have never played chrono trigger going back and playing that and having a great time well, exactly. Yes, it, it, um, some uh, just some of them really do stand the test of time. Um, and I'm, I promise you, Tales of Arise ain't going to do that. <laughs> yeah, and there's nothing wrong with being concise. Like, I would rather. I, I like. I brought up that question about data supporting, um, or at least proving the sales between like long and short RPGs. But I will pay full price for a shorter quality RPG. Like, mm-hmm. y- your 80-hour claim is not the selling point. Um, no, yeah, I, I would say it used to be. I think when I was younger, maybe that meant more to me, um, hmm. for whatever reason. Uh, just because maybe I had, I do have some good memories of longer RPGs. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Um, but I agree nowadays. Yeah, a shorter, a more concise RPG. That's a selling point to me now. Yeah, yeah. As an adult, for sure. <laughs> uh, and you know, I will play your eighty-hour RPG, but I, I guarantee you're not going to be able to make all eighty hours like quality storytelling <laughs> yeah it's 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 hard it's hard to deliver like story is hard it's it's writing is uh, frankly i think the hardest part of any media project like film and t- you know tv and, and video games i don't think writing one gets nearly enough credit i also don't think it gets nearly enough scrutiny um sure especially in game dev yeah it's yeah oh and yes i wanted to hit on this too like the the reviews for tales of Arise are all really positive by like these you know legacy game media outlets like nowhere did i really see good i shouldn't say nowhere i'm gonna give kotaku credit actually kotaku was pretty negative on on the story so thank you kotaku author who wrote that review but in general review scores did not reflect what is i'm sure for many people a very middling story a story that is not particularly enjoyable or interesting um like like a passable story at best i would argue it's not even that but uh, that's not reflected in the review scores at all. Like, to me, if the JRPG shouldn't be getting into the 80s unless it's got a, a cohesive, good story to tell. So. Well, part of the problem is a lot of these scores are coming up before these people have finished the game or probably even gotten as far as you did. Yeah, true enough. There, There is a rush to get a review out, um, especially if the company, like the, the developer, doesn't supply early copies. But... It's just, it's the reality of, like, news, right? If you're not first, then you might as well be last. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and, and, I mean, just look at how I talked about this game two weeks ago to how I'm talking about it today, right? Like, my 
Right. My my opinion wasn't fully formed, and I I won't deny I had some fun with Tales of Arise, uh, but I'm I'm leaving it feeling more frustrated than anything else. Um, sure. So like I, I certainly wish I hadn't spent the the seventy nine ninety nine plus tax. I'll put it that way. Oh, that's so much money. I know. <laughs> it hurts. It hurts me. I would really um, like to see more sites do reviews in progress. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that'd be great. That that should just be something. That's that's the standard, right? Uh, at least for for such a lengthy genre. Yeah. The other problem, though, is, and I'm going to put this on myself 100%, is I have a hard time saying no to the shiny new thing, especially if I'm looking for a new game to play, right? So, For sure. So when the review scores come out and then all the Twitter positivity is like, oh, my God, this game's the best, I can't help but be like, fuck yeah, let's fucking give it a go. Um, <laughs> if, I, if I just waited and, like, you know, dug through the Internet a bit more, like we found a great review on RP Gamer. Uh, about Tales of Arise that I thought really echoed my thoughts very well. Um, you know, maybe if I'd found that review and waited a bit longer, I would have held off on getting this. But I didn't. I, I, I jumped in feet first, and here I am. Regret let us never City. Forget, let us never forget Blue Dragon, Kyle. Oh, oh, oh. You know, I would love to go back and revisit that, dude, because I have so few like concrete memories of that game aside from this like black pit of disappointment that i carry like, with me to this like day how, how much we hated it <laughs> yeah all i have is that feeling that raw emotion and very little actual like detail this, this is when we were younger and way more forgiving of anime that's true oh stuff, god right? yeah i would yeah. really like yeah this is interesting i'd really like to see it what how that would hold up today we should, Shit. We, should do we need to yeah well i need to come over sometime and we need to play blue dragon together Oh god, it's gonna be terrible. Oh god, I can't wait though. It's gonna be fun. But you know what? I, but we'll go into it with open minds. But I, hey, open minds. Open minds. We'll we'll see how it holds up. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Maybe maybe with the the benefit of hindsight, we'll be like, oh wow, this actually deserved a lot more credit than it got. Could be, or maybe not. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. What All happens. right. Uh, Tales of Rise sucks. Don't buy it. So, um, <laughs> onto a game that that kind of blew me away. So I I finally decided to try Outer Wilds, which is a game I think that came out in 2018, so it's a couple years old now, um, published by Annapurna, and I forget who made it, I'm sorry. They're very good. Look it up, Outer Wilds. Um, it's uh, just to give... So uh, When I was looking into this game, one thing that I kept noticing was people were quite vague about describing what it was exactly, and I, I having played it now, I kind of see why. Like You really do want people to go in knowing as little as possible because there's tons of amazing like once in a lifetime gaming moments to be had in Outer Wilds. Uh, like there were so many moments where I just kind of sat there and like audibly said like holy shit or wow or oh my god just because I was kind of amazed at something that was happening uh, in the game. And then I'll talk Some a bit about praise. I'll talk a bit about kind of how they managed to pull that off without trying to spoil those things. Um so yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be frustratingly vague yet again. So sorry for people who <laughs> wanted to know more about what this game is. I'll do my best to summarize it here, though. So, um, it's a game about exploring your galaxy, your small scale galaxy, which I really liked because flying to a planet never takes more than like a minute or two, um, at most, uh, and there's a great autopilot feature. So you're making your way around this galaxy. You're you've come of age on your planet that it's time for you to go explore the universe and come back to your planet and tell your people what you've learned 
and you're the first person to be sent with a, a device that can translate the text of this ancient species you've been studying for, for you know decades, maybe hundreds of years, called the Nomai. So everybody's really anxious about what you're going to find while you're out there, and they can't wait to see what discoveries you, you, you come upon. Uh, so there's a little bit of a tutorial in that the first kind of time you're on your home planet, uh, you can kind of do some extra side stuff, and it'll teach you a little bit about flying your ship and how to use zero gravity, your zero gravity suit and stuff, and how to get around when there is no gravity. Um, but then they really just, yep, they throw you into your ship, and away you go. There's one cool little event that happens in the starting village, which opens up the mystery, uh, which I won't say what it is, but that's it. You're in your ship, you fly away, you're completely fucking on your own, left to your own devices. There are like six planets to go to, fucking figure out where you want to go, have fun. Um, that freedom is really cool. It reminded me a lot of Breath of the Wild's, you know, freedom and to just go wherever the fuck you want. But I found the payoff was often a lot better, a lot better in Outer Wilds. Because mm. every place you're going to explore, one, it's super organic in that... So every, every planet kind of has... I'm going to call it a gimmick, which is has negative connotations, but I mean it positively. Um, every planet has a gimmick in how it kind of relates to the other core tenant of the game which is a time loop and I won't get into the whys of why there is a time loop but every time you die or every time the cycle ends because you only have 22 minutes every cycle no matter what you do um, you wake up back on your home planet and then you kind of start fresh with with you kind of keep all of the the information you would have collected from that run your character has all their memories and you kind of keep the ship log of all the cool um, you know mystery you put together but everything else kind of starts fresh so every planet you go to, there's kind of... Some of them have a very clear race-against-the-clock aspect to them where the planet's geography changes considerably over that 22 minutes, so you have to be very mindful of your time and what you're doing there. But discovering all of that, like, firsthand was so fucking cool. And, and this, is, this is what kind of leads into one of my complaints about the game. I'm going to read what I had sent to you, John, because I feel I, I was surprisingly eloquent in this, in this message, so I'm just going to read it verbatim here. <laughs> Outer Wilds had lots of frustrating moments born out of the gameplay and the central time loop conceit, but the rigidness of those design principles also made the game really fucking cool and special. Um, so that ti that 22 minute time loop, they really that's baked into the design of everything in the game, and it definitely leads to frustration. Towards the back half of the game, I was to the point where I was getting frustrated if I would kind of you know, lose a, a loop halfway through would not get what I wanted to do. So I did start to consult a guide to cut down on, on wasted time. Um, but in the end, it, that, that didn't cut down on my enjoyment of the stuff when I did get to it. Uh, but it was getting a little bit frustrating from a mechanics perspective. However, I see why they were so rigid in that. Um, because that it just leads to just these amazing, organic, holy fucking shit, that was so cool moments in the game. Uh, one of the other things that really lends to just fucking coolness is is the sci-fi um, setting and their their story revolving a lot about the nature of quantum things and specifically oh, how quantum things behave differently when there's a conscious observer. So just in case you don't know about this experiment, uh, you could fire beams of or a beam of light at a a piece of, of metal that has two slits in it and the way that individual photons behave changes whether or not there is somebody watching the experiment or somebody not watching the experiment this is a real life thing 
which so it sounds like magic right which is amazing that that's just the universe we live in but observing something that's quantum will change the the effect that we see uh so anyways that's a central tenet of the game and they do such a good job of baking some gameplay things around that idea so that led to some fucking cool shit and moments of discovery that were like oh my god that's so clever holy fucking shit amazing um yeah it it was it was really special like i won't deny it it's definitely got its problems it's pretty clunky it doesn't always control the best uh you'll get better at it as time goes on you'll get better at using you know the ship and its its thrusters and stuff you'll get better at using your suit depending on the gravity situation um but it's definitely a little bit rough around the edges uh the story they have to tell is so clever and so fucking cool and the ending, I beat it yesterday, the, the ending left me, I kind of just sat there for five minutes ruminating on my interpretation of the ending and how impressive I thought it was and how beautiful I thought it was. So anyway, I'm going to try not to use too many flowery words here, but Dude. it was really good. I liked it a lot. Uh, I, I really highly recommend it. And if you get to the point where you're playing it and you're getting kind of frustrated with it, don't be afraid to use a guide to help you kind of piece together the mystery. I didn't find that hurt my enjoyment of the mystery whatsoever. Um yeah, I, I will also say, uh, and my girlfriend will, will would corroborate this, I had a number of times where I audibly said, fucking game, or fuck this game. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it is a bit frustrating from a gameplay point of view sometimes. Does that uh, all it's, stem it's, from the time loop? Uh, mostly. It, it, stems from, it stems from dying and losing progress on that time loop and not mm-hmm. wanting to go back and retrace my steps I had just done to get that thing I didn't quite get. It, it, is it's this, most, you, you, you say dying, is this? Is there any form of combat in this, or is it more like... Oh, yeah, I should mention. No, it, it's all... So, I tend not to enjoy games that don't have, like, some sort of enemy that I confront. Now, this was a complaint I had with No Man's Sky, is I felt so bored by it because there was never any confrontation of any kind. Uh, except for the dog like fighting. Dudes. Yeah, and Yeah, but you, could, you couldn't even shoot the drone dudes, I think, for a while. Uh, I think that was added later. Uh, no, I, I think right wrong. away you could, those little sentinel okay. dudes. But okay. Yeah, like, okay. often wasn't worth it. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, so so I typically don't tend towards games that are like just pure exploration and no like uh, combat. Uh, but this game has zero combat whatsoever. There is, no, there is no enemy per se. There are a couple of creatures in the game that can end your run, but mostly mm. it's environmental. So having you know a fall to your death because you did a bad job of judging the gravity and, and using your boosters... Uh, getting crushed in a sand that's filling, or sorry, getting crushed in a cave that's filling with sand, um, hmm. and like your your helmet cracks and you hear this disgusting noise of your body being smushed. Uh, <laughs> nice. uh, yeah, it's so, so that's or running out of oxygen um, when you're out of your ship, that kind of thing. One thing I like okay. about the game a lot is that there's no resource management when you're in your ship, so you never have to worry about getting places. It's leaving your ship. That's when you're now vulnerable, and you have to be careful with your fuel for using your your thrusters on your suit and your oxygen for being able to breathe outside of the ship. Uh, Lots of planets have areas where there are, like, trees that will give you oxygen back and stuff, and you can kind of find fuel and stuff around the place. But, yeah, I liked that they didn't penalize you in your ship at all. You could go wherever the fuck you want. It was just when you're outside of it that you're vulnerable. I also wanted to say this, and I think this might appeal to you, John, I had a, a couple of points where I felt like some decent cosmic horror. Um, I, I had a point where the game straight up made me jump. 
like I I I I, sh- I I I shook and I, I scared my cat away <laughs> because of <laughs> how how much I moved. Uh, so yeah, they, they do a really good job of kind of playing with the whole the fear of the unknown, which is like the best part about space horror to me, right? Oh, yeah. uh, there's there's one planet in particular where it's like it just genuinely it spooks me the fuck out even to do it even knowing now how to get through it perfectly well it's just fucking spooky and scares me and that, anyways you've just this has just really jumped up on my list of things to try <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and and then stuff towards the end of the game when when you're kind of getting into more of the details of the quantum nature of things uh, even then there's some like spookiness spookiness just on the scale of of everything. And there's one particular scene uh, that kind of just, was just scary because I don't know the, the unknown of space and how it was presented to me was was a spooky thing. So yeah, I I think they did a really good job. Like it's, it's unlike anything I've played before. I, I really I can't recommend it enough from that standpoint in that it's really wholly unique. Uh, I, I would make the argument that I don't require a wholly unique experience from a game to enjoy it. I'm happy with just a competent. You know, story, decent characters, and, and fun enough gameplay that I'll probably sure. see your game through if you do those those basic things well. Uh, but they went really above and beyond here and, and made something super special from it. So yeah, I think I'm gonna leave my my Outer Worlds gushing there. Obviously, it, it pissed me off still too, <laughs> but it's it's not so long a game either. Like if it had been much much longer, I, I don't know, I don't know that I would have seen it through even with a guide. I think it was just the right the right amount of, of time. Um, it didn't overstay its welcome, and I left it overall just super happy. Super happy I played it. So, so how long would you say this? So I think I beat it over the course of a week, probably putting in a couple hours here and there, every day or every other day. I would guess between. I probably put around fifteen hours in. Fifteen. That's, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. If you like know what you're doing, like so that's the thing. There's definitely a learning curve here too. You'll learn more about just the rules of the game and, and what it expects from you and how, how to get around more efficiently and stuff. So as time goes on, you'll find you get faster at it too. Um, you'll, I think the game also starts to lose some of its charm at that point because things are less foreign to you. Um, so if you do play it, enjoy that first couple hours of complete mystery and going wherever you want to go and finding whatever you happen to find and just the, the beauty of it. But yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna start I think rambling and, and losing the ability to find coherent words to describe it. So I'm gonna stop talking about other wilds. Any other questions about it, John? Uh no. I I mean what you said earlier is is it's better if you go in with knowing as little as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what you said about the cosmic horror stuff definitely piques my interest. Um, and I'll, I you know you and I have similar tastes, so if it blew you away this much, it's something that I would probably be able to dig. So. Yeah, I think you would. I, I think that they were a very, it. I think they were a very intelligent, uh, like sci sci-fi story, um, and I think that their their whole explanation for the time loop was also I found it very satisfying and very cool, um, hmm. like super impressive. I, I was just really impressed with the storytelling. It's also you're, you're being you're learning all of this just by excuse me, I keep burping. You learn all this just by by reading alien text on walls basically, um, and, and just finding scrolls of of their text that you can translate with your device now uh so like as far as presentation goes i mean that's an uphill battle in my opinion right it's cool to learn about the lore of a world just through reading about it in the world but they they don't have any cool cinematics to help them here there's there's no you know cool characters to help them along so they really had to have a, a pretty 
decent bit of writing here, and I think they really did. So, but you're saying in terms of controls and stuff, it definitely feels kind of indie. Yeah, I mean, even just looking at it, like it's it's definitely not a particularly pretty game either. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, like it, it, it definitely it's, it's very much screams it, I'm an indie game. Uh, however, <laughs> it, it, it's way too well designed otherwise to like it. It doesn't deserve to be called indie game in a negative way. This is like this is what this is the value of of indie games to me is they could take a risk on a crazy thing like this because they had a vision and they believed. Right. Sure. So they and then they fucking pulled it off and, and they were rewarded for it. So, I think this this we see less of this from AAA because it's it was a risk. It was something totally new and interesting. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's an indie game in the best sense of the word. Hell, even the existence of Returnal and what I know about that game, it surprises me that that's a thing from a with like AAA presentation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's actually a great. Yeah, Returnal is a really good example of a of a surprising. Triple uh, A title, I think, there, and I think that's you know one of the reasons it was so well received. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, took a chance. Should look at at the success of Souls and like FromSoft deciding that we'll take a risk on this difficult thing, and it just fucking exploded. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's a good point in favor of the whole difficulty in games thing, right? Is like, yeah, that's definitely part of the reason Souls is successful is because they were different um, on the difficulty side of things. Um, yeah, it sounds like a really. Um, I mean, if I remember correctly, Outer Wilds. Is it, it's Outer Wilds, right? Yeah, not Outer Worlds. So don't. Yeah, that's the problem. That, here. That's the other. That's the other. Like from that's the Fallout the, guys. Yeah, that's the another space game too. So don't make right. the don't buy the wrong game. Yeah, that, that's like a, a Fallout style game by Obsidian. Right. Um, yeah. So to get Outer Wilds, not Outer Worlds. I mean, I think Outer Worlds was pretty well received. I didn't really vibe with it all that much when i played it but maybe someday probably not knowing me i'll probably never try it again but um, <laughs> yeah by, by outer wilds not outer worlds yeah if i remember correctly that was that caused it caused uh, quite a stir when it came out it did it, i mean i think it won i think it won game of the year from a couple outlets even oh, fuck. um yeah so like it, it has like it, it has a ton of praise and like it deserves all the praise it gets but it also isn't like an unsung hero like it's not like a hidden gem people know outer wilds is awesome so <laughs> I was just okay. late to the party, and I just want to make sure anybody else who was considering trying it, because I'd, I'd considered it for a long time, uh, finally it takes, you know, bites the bullet and, and gives it a shot. Yeah, I'm going to have to give it a try. Cool. Cool. Um, and then that's kind of it for what I've been playing. So, you know, Kana, going to keep playing that. Looks great. Tales of Arise sucks butt. Outer Wilds is awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know what. Want to jump into some, uh, some video game news? Video game news. Let's do it. The news! The news. The news. News. The news. So this is that's the theme song we'll have just we'll have just played there now. It won't be quite so jarring this time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Amazon's new MMO called New World launched. I think it was yesterday, right? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and John, it was an unmitigated success. Is that correct? Nothing went wrong. Oh no, it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> all those delays were for a reason <laughs> well i didn't play it and john you haven't played it i don't think either of us frankly really plans to to give outer sorry i, just, I was gonna call it outer worlds that's hilarious new world <laughs> uh a big shot but they had a lot of server issues from my understanding yeah from what i've i've seen about the game it's it's probably 
I don't think it would really interest me to play mechanically. Um, but yeah, all I've been reading is that the queue times for players are it's, it's, it's insane. It's like ten hour waits for some people. Wow. Um, we're, we're talking about queues that get to like five thousand users deep. Um, Damn. If, if not more. And that just struck me as really funny because this is from Amazon, and Amazon owns Amazon Web Services, like AWS, the biggest web platform on planet Earth in terms of hosting and, and architecture. And again, it's Amazon. They have no shortage of money. Uh, and it, it just struck me as, as really funny that of, of all companies, they have issues scaling with demand. <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny. Maybe it's a, Maybe it's a lesson that even... Even these companies with infinite resources, everybody always underestimates game dev. Maybe that's the lesson to be taken from here. I, I think that's pretty good, yeah. Um, you can't just throw more money and, and people at a problem, right? Right. Yeah. But anyways, I mean, I, it seems like the there was quite a bit of positivity around the game yesterday. We'll see if that sticks around as it, as it you know, is out for a bit longer. But uh, new MMOs are always interesting. Is it free to play, do you know, John? Uh, so it costs about fifty bucks Canadian on Steam, but I think it's buy to play. I don't believe oh, it's great. subscription. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Oh, good for them. I much I, I like much to see I like to see more of that. Yeah, like Hell God. Yeah. Um, I supposed to say God of War. <laughs> uh, Guild Wars Two followed that model, and I think yes. it worked out pretty well for them. Yeah, cool. Well, that's awesome. All right, yeah. So, well, I mean, I, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on it. If if it looks even mildly interesting, maybe I'll consider giving it a try at some point. I would need a better PC though. So, I mean. Maybe not. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> if you need a new MMO, New World is out, so go try it out. You'll be able to play in about 10 hours after you boot the game. I would say do some research. I remember reading something about that a few months ago during the beta um, that it actually just, like, killed, like, flat-out killed some people's graphics cards. Oh, this was uh, that game? Yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm sure okay. that's been resolved by now because I haven't seen anyone talking about it, but... Uh, yeah. If you have an expensive and really nice graphics card, maybe do some research first. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that those were also comped either by the the companies themselves, like the the graphics card companies, or or, or um, Amazon. I think it was the graphics card companies that just said it was obviously a fault with our card. Um, oh, that's good. Okay. Well, yeah. So so they definitely people got those replaced, thankfully. So it wasn't just a huge cost to them. Sweet. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, moving on. John, I shared with you a trailer for Pokemon Legends Arceus. They just released a new one a couple of days ago, and I just kind of wanted to gauge your your interest on that. What did, what did you think about it overall? I thought it was pretty bland. Um, I'm not the biggest Pokemon fan. I have not enjoyed Pokemon in a very long time. I think we actually talked about this on an early episode, or earlier episode, and yeah. I haven't really been into Pokemon since like the Game Boy days. That was... That's when I got into Pokemon. That was my favorite Pokemon time period, even today. Um, and I, maybe even Pokemon Snap I would include there. I had some fun with that. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I haven't really been into Pokemon or, or really been able to fully enjoy a Pokemon game since those days. So I, I am not the audience for this. Um, but from the trailer, I thought it looked really bland. Uh, I thought the gameplay uh, like versus that axe pokemon towards the end looked really kind of uh, like meh you know it wasn't mm -hmm. doing it for me i don't feel inspired by this setting to play um this ancient japan inspired setting i guess it looks very breath of the wild but worse um <laughs> <laughs> definitely looks yeah. worse than breath of the wild yeah <laughs> no doubt yes about that. it's really not doing anything for me um 
maybe it w- I, I, you know I'm always open to be surprised so maybe uh, that launch it'll be just amazing but from the trailers and, and the media I'm seeing it's doing nothing for me fair enough it comes out January I think of next year too isn't that what the trailer showed uh, I remember being surprised sure. that the, oh, wait, look. here's the clickety clacky guys Pokemon Legends Arceus release January yeah, Jan- 28th. Oh, oh yeah, 20, yeah. I was like, oh, 2022. Oh no, that's two years away. No, that's literally <laughs> around the corner. It's fucking. It's approaching fast. Uh, yeah. So actually, no. I, I guess I won't be playing that game because I'll be playing Elden Ring for at least two months, uh, and that comes out the week before. So it's true. Too bad, Pokemon. Uh, I, I actually thought I was pretty happy with the trailer overall. I um I agree. The setting is is whatever. I, I think the game. I think it could look better as far as like the visuals, but I'm coming around to the kind of the style that they've they've chosen for it. Um, I'm t- frankly, I'm just really excited to see them actually try to evolve Pokemon gameplay wise. Um, I was really surprised to see your character like dodging that axe Pokemon and throwing shit at it, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's weird. I don't know if I like that. But then I liked that that was that led into weakening it to a state where you could then battle it with your Pokemon. Um, I don't know. I, I was intrigued by that concept, so I, I'm I'm definitely cautiously optimistic for Legends Arceus. I'm just glad to see something new from the Pokemon team, um, and it looks like it's still being given like lots of resources and, and you know time. So yeah, I, 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 I definitely for- I definitely agree with what you're saying about just their willingness to experiment. Um, you know, if this leads to like future better Pokemon games, and you know, by all means. Um, yeah, I mean, graphically looking at this trailer, though, it looks so low budget to me. <laughs> I'm actually surprised to hear you say it looks like they're giving it all the well, resources. Well, so I, I played I played Pokemon um, Sword and Shield, though, John. So of course I'm I'm aware of what a fully funded Pokemon <laughs> game looks like these days. <laughs> yeah, I didn't play that, but I've seen all the tree memes. <laughs> yeah. Um, hold on. Let, let me hold on. Let me let me fucking look at this trailer one more time. Yeah, yeah. So look, look at the scene. Look at the scene. Fifty-two seconds in, okay. um, and and just tell me what you think of that. The design of that space. It just looks so incredibly bland to me. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what? You know, what, it kind of looks like like somebody learning Unreal Engine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Get, yeah. Now that now that I think about it, and, and you having you know seen you put some stuff together in Unreal Engine and showing me, like. It almost seems like they don't have the lighting quite tuned the way they want it either. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. It looks like they're still coming to grips with their tools. And, and, you know, I, I, I'm not going to judge them too harshly for that if that's the case. But it, it's it's Pokemon team. Like they, they have the resources, I assume, to take their time. I don't feel like this is looking at it. I don't know if this is ready to be shown off yet. Hmm. That's like the impression I get. Well, and it's coming out in fucking four months. So. <laughs> it's coming out, Jay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know what? Maybe they are very comfortable with their tools, and this is just the design sense they have. And to me, it's not particularly appealing. I uh, so here's a here, here's a, a comment on the uh, Kotaku article I have here. It says, "I can't decide if the graphics are good or bad. The ground texture looks <laughs> awful." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, it is going to be on Switch, and the world is huge, so it was always going to be a bit of a quality dip. <laughs> yeah, true enough. I mean, but but again, Breath of the Wild found a, a good middle ground of, of you know an artistic design choice that that kind of masked some of the limitations, and and the game looks gorgeous. So 
that's actually yeah i would say breath of the wild is is really visually appealing mm-hmm. so yeah i i'm excited i do agree it, it doesn't look particularly pretty um neither does that that pokemon diamond pokemon pearl remake that's coming out on the switch right. it looks like a literal piece of garbage uh but i'm actually probably gonna buy that uh don't don't come at me uh shut up <laughs> uh, i have reasons i've got reasons all right uh we'll see so that's Pokemon, um, the for, forever prodigal son, always coming home and disappointing us. Um, <laughs> next thing that I'm, I'm actually pretty excited about this, uh, the, so I guess we should mention there was a, a Nintendo Direct last week. Um, they showed a, a bunch of games off. I'd say overall it was a pretty underwhelming Direct, but they had a couple cool things. There's a new Kirby game coming out called Kirby and the Forgotten Land. It's on the Switch, and it's like a full 3D uh like action adventure kirby game and i'd say it looks pretty solid like polished i i was pretty impressed with it john you have some feelings on kirby uh yeah we were talking about a bit before the pod and like my memories of kirby is being trapped in my grandma's apartment and that was like the only thing i had to play for months on it um so i i'm like it's it's funny how how long those impressions can stay with you but i'm i'm still kind of tired of kirby (laughs) (laughs) but looking at this trailer it looked uh it looked pretty charming and as a non kirby fan it looks like it could be pretty fun so i I wouldn't be um opposed to giving it a shot sweet yeah i saw there was a good comment on the youtube video that said uh kirby walks along the z-axis infinite screaming is heard in the distance <laughs> so i think people were pretty excited about this so yeah i'm optimistic i think that's a next year title so we'll see if it uh, if it can keep us interested um i'm generally pretty excited to see these these devs like just try and shake things up yeah yeah exactly right yeah and i think finally finally a good 3d kirby game would be would be welcome for sure mm. um nintendo confirmed the existence of bayonetta 3 uh, that it didn't die, and it was, in fact, coming out next year. I have zero strong feelings about this franchise, but I know lots of people were excited. Have you played Bayonetta at all, John? I haven't tried it at all. Um, I've heard good things, and it seems like, plat- I think it's Platinum is, yeah. the, is the developer, and they just seem to know their shit about action combat, so I imagine it plays pretty well. Um, uh, looking at trailers and stuff, I, I'm not particularly interested in Bayonetta's world, so I haven't really tried. But I think they did uh, that like soft reboot of Devil May Cry. Like I think Platinum was responsible for that. I could be oh, talking okay. out of my ass, but I, I enjoyed the combat in that game at least. So um, I, I have no doubt that their shit handles well. But yeah, like from what I know about it, it doesn't really appeal to me. Yeah, this just might be one of those. You know, it's it's probably it's probably good, but it's just not for us. Um, I might someday try. There's that Bayonetta one and two collection, I think, so it might be worth trying someday. But yeah, it might surprise you. You never know. Yeah, yeah. I I haven't. I can't think of like a a character like action Devil May Cry style game that I've played in a long time, like a long time. So yeah, maybe maybe Bayonetta will be the one to get me back into it. Who knows? There's a there's a PS2 game, John. I'm very curious if you remember it. I think it's just called Legion. And you collect oh, these big, like, spirit monster things that fight with you. It's like a, a third-person action game. Okay, hold on. This is a big typing episode. I'm sorry, everybody. PS2 <laughs> Legion game. Oh, Chaos Legion. It's called Chaos Legion. Chaos. Is it... Do you play a girl who throws, like, summoning cards? No. I'll show you... I'll send you a picture of the, um... I'm thinking of a different one. I think that was on GameCube. Of game the cover. 
That is, oh Jesus, I thought I would at least show you the picture. That's the longest link of all time. Wait, hold on. Oh, hold I on. distinctly remember this cover art, but oh, I, yeah? I don't think I ever tried the game. So it, it's probably the one that I actually had the most fun with as a kid. Uh, you end up basically, you're kind of grinding experience. Um, oh, there is a girl you play as well, hey? By the looks of oh, it. Interesting. Unless that's a different game. In this screenshot, yeah, it looks like... Uh, oh, it looks different. It does say Chaos Legion, like PlayStation 2, PC, and it shows this girl looks like a central character there. Your like, life bar and stuff is totally different, though. I don't know. Anyways, um, you you, hmm. you kind of grind experience points, and you unlock these sick monsters that fight with you and stuff, and yeah, it was really, really cool. So, Actually, I've always found Bayonetta kind of gives me vibes of this game. Um, okay. Maybe it's maybe it's time I give it a try. I might actually need to to download Chaos Legion and see if it's any good at all. Yeah, I wonder how that holds up. I do love the the plasticky look of old 3D models. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of nostalgia there, like the for sure. like like the Final Fantasy, uh, the cutscenes of Final Fantasy VIII, for example. Right, right, right. I love that old CG. That yeah, that shiny shiny plastic boys. Everyone um, is. Perfect and shiny. Chaos <laughs> <laughs> Legion was a it was a Capcom game too. Yeah, I didn't remember that. Hmm. Cool. Anyways, that's that's a little random blast from the past. But um, so Bayonetta three. I think uh, that's kind of it for the Nintendo news. The only other thing I wanted to mention was a game called Sable came out uh, this week. Ooh, yeah, and I'm hearing about that. It uh, it's been compared to Outer Wilds a bit, so I, mean, I think it's like an exploration first kind of. You know, we have built this really cool world for you to explore, and you will organically come upon these really awesome moments that will make that exploration worth it, which Breath of the Wild was not able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I've been seeing tons of positivity about it. I think it's on Xbox and PC only, actually. So. I'm probably gonna have to wait on this one a bit uh, until I finally get a nicer computer. But I'm I'm definitely definitely interested in it. It apparently is quite glitchy though, so I might wait until they maybe release some some patches for stabilizing it. But yeah, right. I, I've, I'm I'm pretty excited. It's got a very distinctive art style too. Yeah, I'm from what I've seen, I'm I'm really digging the art. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think as a general rule, I, I told you this, John, but I might try. I feel like I've just been frustrated or disappointed by like AAA games more so lately, and there's so many good like indie gems that I just haven't played, and they they need the, the support more than anyone, right? So I might uh, might try and just kind of stay on an indie kick for a while. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Plus, uh, they're often like a third of the price. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. That's the thing. Like, you can often get a game that delivers an awesome experience for a fraction of the cost. Um, yeah, yeah, anyways. Anyways, because I, I don't even feel like AAAs to me aren't necessarily even playing it safe, right? Especially when it comes to JRPGs, but they might be unique in that regard. You know, I, I spent the 90 bucks with tax, and, and I was fucking this hugely disappointed. So, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> so, fuck them. <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> that could be worth a break. Yeah, I've lost count of the number of times I've spent full price on a, on a, a new AAA game and, and walked away really disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, I, where I'm struggling now, John, is do I keep Tales of Arise so that you can borrow it and play it and hate it so that we can talk about that together? Or do I sell it for the $10 I'll get at GameStop? <laughs> <laughs> As someone who always regrets trading in the games, bad, like I wish I still had FF15, even if it was just a sure, pad yeah, of yeah, yeah. my collection. right? I would say just, just hang on to it. 
Yeah, I think I probably will. Farinoosh. Cool. All right, well, that's that's kind of all I had for, for you today as far as game stuff goes. Anything else you want to chat about before I uh, cut you off? That's all I got today. Okay. Well, John, we wish you the best of luck with that penis reduction uh, research. Please keep us posted on next uh, next time's podcast. Give you an update next time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is it, are you wearing a sling for it right now? Do you have like a cart that you can use to carry it, or? Uh, it's like one of those, um, you know, those like that new parents have where like they carry the baby around on the, <laughs> on the, ch- on the chest. <laughs> so you just you flip it up and you put it in one of those front baby carrier things. Yeah, yeah, you know, that way I can keep an eye on it. Yeah. (laughs) Whisper sweet nothings if it gets upset. Oh, that's very good. I can rock it a bit while I'm doing pictures, you know. (laughs) Oh, that's great. I'm glad you've got it figured out for now. But, yeah, we wish you the best of luck, John. Hang in there. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) All right. We'll uh, we'll chat at you guys in a couple weeks. Goodbye. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Branching Path Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at BranchPathPod or just search Branching Path Podcast. Check out our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash branchingpathpodcast. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on our RSS website, which is rss.com slash branchingpathpodcast. Thanks again for listening. Take care.